You know, you know, I don't know. I guess, I guess, like with with anything, that it, it, they find a way. You know, this little mouse had nestled up in the speaker and blown a fuse. <laughs> oh, all right. Where were we? Hey guys, you don't know what just happened, but we had some major technical difficulties. We're back online. We're recentering, and we're gonna gonna get into it. Thank you all for being here and existing and tuning in. And always remember. You can reach us directly at Real Talk Story, Real Talk Story on any on all social media platforms. If you want to be a guest, have anything you want to share, just give a shout out. We give away money. We bring on guests. And uh, yeah, without further ado, um, welcome back, welcome back to yet another episode of Real Talk Story, live from Bali, where. Everyone's got a story. Our our guest today is yet another mysterious individual who I do not know, but am going to get to know here on this beautiful day on this wonderful island. And uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Like usual, we will have him introduce himself, and he is here now, sitting across from me in the studio so uh hey how's it going go ahead and uh introduce yourself uh my name is michael russick how you doing man pretty good well so much for being anonymous huh <laughs> it's okay we can bleep it out later if we need to if we get too too into it so um so what's up mike what's your what's your story we've got i know we've got a mutual friend but other than that um I have no idea who you are, where you're from, what you do, or any of that good stuff. So, how about we just start with uh, with uh, where you're from and what you do? Where I'm from, um, originally from Connecticut, uh, in in Greenwich Riverside area, and I um I. My dad worked on Wall Street when I was a kid, and he came home one day when I was about 13 years old and sat me and my family down, and he threw on a Joseph Campbell uh, tape. You familiar with Joseph Campbell? No, nah, who's Joseph Campbell? Joseph Campbell is a, sort of a lecturer on ancient beliefs and myths and cultures and traditions. Um, and we watched The Power of Myth, which is one of his VHS tapes. And um, Sorry, I'm going to adjust your mic because you're really not. Yeah, all right. Is that better? Yeah, you just gotta yeah. really speak into it. Okay. Is that good? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he said. All right, Joseph Campbell. Joseph 13. Campbell. Thirteen. Yes, age Dad's thirteen. Dad's on Wall Street. Dad's on Wall Street. Comes he, home. He comes home, sits us down, and says, uh, "We're gonna watch this," and we're watching it. And this is a little above me at the age of thirteen. I wasn't quite sure what was going on in this. And he looked at me and he said, "Do you know what follow your bliss means?" And um, I didn't know. And he said. Uh, 90% of Americans go to a job they hate every day. So whatever you do, make sure that you love it. And he quit Wall Street that day. And he told my mom and the whole family, he said, I'm done with it. Everyone's a cocaine addict. They all cheat on their wives. I don't want to have shit to do with this. I'm done. I went to school for engineering. I'm going to go buy a machine shop in Virginia. And uh, the whole family moved to Virginia. And I, as I this kind of you know stayed in my head, just follow your bliss, follow your bliss. I remember when I was about 28 years old, I had now moved to California, and I called my dad and said, you know, 
um, can I borrow some money? I'm following my bliss. It's a little more economically challenging than you. You told me the story, <laughs> but uh, that's kind of been the thing in our family is like, follow your bliss, follow your bliss. And so art was always my bliss uh, that I thought art was my bliss. And um, went to school in Virginia uh, with a sculpture and painting background, did grad school, got my master's degree in fine art. And then I moved out to California and got into the routine, the pattern, the, the, the race, the rat race, whatever. And did that for about 18 years and sort of was driving myself into the ground. Um, not very happy, not satisfied, soul satisfied, even though I was following my quote unquote bliss. Um, I wasn't happy. And so I decided to, I've been coming to Bali before, and uh, whenever I'm here, I have this smile. I wake up in the morning with this smile, and I'm like, all right, this is, this is pure. I'm happy here. And so after coming here in numerous years, for about 10, 12 years, three years ago, I just said, you know what? I had a lot of crappy things happen to me in America. The system's pretty rigged and unfair. And uh, I decided to kind of say fuck you to the States. And I moved here and just started from scratch because I started from scratch everywhere. And that's kind of when I really started to learn more about me and what my bliss was uh, and the difference between bliss and ego. And I realized now that all these years I was following ego. Ego is let's be a designer, let's be an artist. But my bliss was helping people. And I kind of discovered that here in Bali. Uh, what, um, what happened back in the States? Um, what was the... It's heavy. Uh, it so- sounds like it sounds like a, a sounds like a an ex-wife or something like. Not that it was an ex-wife that happened, but it sounds yeah. like America used to be your wife and partner. Yeah, and now you're like, oh man, that chick is crazy. Yeah, yeah, she fucked me up. Yeah, for m- multiple, multiple. Let's say it was a. Uh, yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot. I mean, one of the first things that mm. it was that was driving me crazy about America was just the system. Um, there's a lot of greed and entitlement there that is like in your face all the time. And living in LA, you know, I got caught up in it. Like I I had to have Hugo Boss suits. I had to have a nice car. It was all this shit I thought I needed. And I I was going crazy trying to make enough money to sustain just a shitty place to live and a nice car and some nice clothes and be able to go out for sushi. And I really got caught up in the game and I got caught up with the LA women. And one of them, one of them really got me. Uh, I was pretty uh, attracted to her and I fell for the sort of, I mean, I now have an algorithm for women on Instagram. I can look at someone's Instagram profile and there's an algorithm that I've come up with and I can just absolutely tell if there's issues and this is a red flag and I should run, run for the hills. And I learned that because of a certain woman. But this woman, um, I fell for her and uh, tried to get engaged to her and um, made a child with her. And uh, the woman ran away with the kid. And he's three, and I still haven't seen a picture of him, nor has anyone in my family. We've been completely ghosted and shut out. Like legally or not legally? I tried legally to approach, but this is another reason why I bailed, is our system is so designed for, uh, there's a lot of asshole guys, a lot of deadbeat dads, and they've, they've done a lot of work to make the system stacked in favor of the woman. And a woman can take advantage of that, should she want to. She could go ahead and use a lot of that and Put herself in a place play where the victim yeah play the victim role and that's what she did and i was flying back and forth for court just trying to get a paternity test 
And I, w- I went to Queens County Courthouse and I walked in there and I said, look, I'm trying to have accountability. And she looked at me and she went, we don't get a lot of you here. <laughs> and I realized it's, it's, it's usually, there's not, there's not a lot of guys mm. trying to claim accountability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and after almost two years of court dates, going back and forth just to be able to get a, a, a test, we were $27,000 in the hole, me and my family. They were helping me pay for a good lawyer. She knew the lawyer was good. She milked the lawyer. And it just got to the point where I wrote a letter, just as like one human to another human and just said, look, you know, I can't do this. And I don't want to drag this child through the toxicity of two people that are fighting. I said, I'm going to just talk to you as one human to another right now and just say, look, I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to do this. I said, if this is what you want, and this is the choice you've made that you want to make this decision for me and my family and for this child, do it. I'm going to be right here. And if you want to come and connect with me and you want financial aid and you want all this stuff, it's all here for you. But you got to just, you got to come, you got to, you have to allow access to the child. Never heard a peep from her. (laughs) Do you know she got the letter? Oh, I know she got the letter. I know she got the letter. Because I made sure a friend put it in her hand. Oh, you've been served with an emotional letter from your ex-partner. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the Instagram algorithm? The Instagram algorithm is number of selfies times um, number of nature's shots and beautiful things. There's, a, there's an algorithm. You, you look, and if it's all selfies, that's just automatic. Right, but what's the percentage? Um, like 50-50 or no, how many no, selfies 50-50, versus... 50-50 is an See. issue. So, 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 so the two categories, we're going to say selfies and scenery. And scenery can basically be anything else except for selfie. Ex- absolutely. Photos of friends. Uh, yeah, and, the, when and then selfies fall under two categories. You've got pictures you're taking of yourself and pictures you made your friends take of you. What about like pictures of your new car or your uh, that's new... that's It's not as bad. Oh, those, yeah, yeah. those things, you know, people are proud of their accomplishments so those, and things. So those can go in the, the scene. Scenic. Yeah. All yeah, right, so yeah. you got scenic and you got selfies. And then what's the percentage? Is it it's not 50-50? What's... The percentage uh, is 10-90. 1090. If you have 10% selfies and 90 everything else, you're cool. <laughs> what if she's really beautiful and spiritual? Now, if you're a model, because I've had some girls go, well, I'm a model. And I'm like, okay, let's define what that is. Are you, a, are you a model on Instagram? Are you a model in your own mind? Or are you paid to do this? But I do have some friends who are legit models. Their Instagram is, that's their profession. So I have to- Shout uh, out to all you IG models out there. <laughs> So yeah, I just, and, 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 and you can call me crazy for thinking this, but any one of my friends that's picked up a new girl, I say, hey, let me see the Instagram. And I said, look, you know, buddy, she's 70% selfies. You got somebody that's got some narciss- narcissistic personality issues. It's maybe something to consider before getting in this relationship, you know? And I, I see it happening with even, you know, it's not just women, it's guys too. It doesn't, you know, the, the gender has nothing to do with it. Doesn't narcissism make people a little more interesting? Uh, to a degree, a little bit. As long as it's not like over. Yeah, there's got to, mm. everything in moderation, right? Everything in moderation. Even moderation? Even moderation. <laughs> what, um, so what? So you basically planted your seed inside this woman. She birthed your child and ran away? She actually ran away before she birthed them. So I missed the birth. She knew it was important to me. So she really wanted to get me good with a shank. <laughs> wow. She take you for anything else or just Uh your, she took all uh, the baby shower gifts my family bought. Uh, and just and just ghosted, huh? And ghosted. 
ghosted. Did you did you you hire a PI or anything to track? I actually did hire a PI. How'd that go down? Uh, I found this guy and he was looking all over LA. None of us thought that at eight point seven months pregnant she would attempt to drive across the country. Mm. And so we were looking for her in California. And it turns out she went to her folks house, uh, her, her mom's house. That sounds yeah. pretty fairly predictable actually. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't know. She's returning to the nest. Right, right, right. But uh, you know, like I said, we tried. My sister reached out, my mom and dad reached out, my grandparents reached out. It was just ghost. And that's I think that's that's part of the, from what I've read, uh and people that have sort of personality disorders uh, the ghosting is she a, had a personality uh, disorder like legit or just like i mean I, crazy I, I, ex-girlfriend I, I can't i can't say legit but uh for every book that i read about a uh, narcissistic personality disorder it was textbook so now she's single mom with your child i have no or maybe idea not single mom. i have you have no Dude, idea. i heard this yeah. crazy statistic i didn't think it was true i heard this like just yesterday that Eight hundred thousand children go missing in the U.S. every year. I've heard that. Did you, I was like, yeah, this is not. I thought I was like, I was like, yeah, this is some QAnon conspiracy yeah. bullshit. I looked it up. Eight hundred thousand of that eight hundred thousand, approximately two hundred thousand just straight up abducted by strangers. Yeah, two hundred thousand children yeah. in America abducted by strangers. The other six hundred thousand are like runaways or you know, like you know. A single family member takes the child, but like two hundred thousand of them are just like legit kidnappings. Yeah, that's crazy number. That's crazy. Like crazy. How many? Like how many people have died of COVID this year in America? Like quarter million, two hundred fifty thousand, and people are freaking out, right? Like nationwide lockdown, like mask, like laws, fines, right? But literally over three times that many children go missing in the States every year and no one says shit. Right. These are like children. Right. This isn't even a grown up, right? Like if you're 25 and you run off and get freaking abducted, that's kind of, all right, well, you know, like <laughs> you're partying on a little too hard there. Didn't come home before the sunrise. But like children don't really, like they don't know, you yeah. know? And that's just a crazy, that's a crazy statistic. Yeah. Like at least with COVID, People are kind of know what they're getting into. Like, all right, well, I shouldn't have gone out, or I should have worn a mask, or I shouldn't have shaken people's hands. Like, people get COVID; it's at least kind of their own fault. Yeah, a little bit. At least I'm not saying it's like your fault if you get COVID. I'm just saying. I know, my views on COVID have changed drastically recently. Drastically, <laughs> drastically. Well, regardless of people's views on COVID, yeah, like child abduction is not the choice of the child. At right, all. And right. they not even a conscious of it at all. Like they don't they can literally just be walking home from school and just disappear. So I was like, eight hundred thousand. How is that even like how is that even possible that that many kids could go missing? Like that is fucking crazy. And yeah. never found. Yeah. Never found, bro. Like that is crazy number. Missing missing persons report. I thought it was false. I was like, Well, what the hell? And they don't put them on milk cartons anymore. I don't even think cartons of milk are People still have cartons of milk? I don't think so. It's like bottles now, right? Plastic yeah, Coconut water bottles or boxes. Yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> What are those called? Hepa, 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 hepa packs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Tetra Pack. Tetra Packs. Yeah, yeah. Tetra Non-recyclable too. Do you know that? Actually, they are. And I got a company I'm working with that does it in full corrugated sheets that you can do roofing the with. The Tetra it. Packs are yeah. recyclable? Absol absolutely. Like you can break them down? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm working with a company right now that does it in sheets. And Potato Head is using it for all of their exterior work. What's Potato Head? 
Uh, the big beach club down in Chengdu. I have no idea, bro. Full eco beach club. Everything about it is made from trash. It's unbelievable. And it looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. Tetra packs. So yeah. is that a new thing? Because I mean, the soy. It is. The it soy is. drinkers are gonna love that. Yeah, it is new. Because for a while, you know, it was like, listen, I'm trying to help the planet. I'm going vegan. Da 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 da. But the Tetra packs were completely unrecyclable. Yeah, there's so, a company that's in Surabaya that's doing it, and they're taking it up. They're shredding it, and they're creating these sheets. And you can get it flat or you can get it corrugated. And it's un- it looks like a really cool, like you want to use it. It looks cool. And that's used for roofing, siding, whatever. Anything. Like you want to do a countertop in What's it. What's the I mean, durability of it? Super durable. Super durable. Lasts as long as wood? Uh, probably longer. Wow. So you're talking decades. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and less expensive to... No, that's the problem. I'm working really? with a company right now. Um, so the process of making it. Is this is the problem. Whenever you have anything that is recycled, there's supply and demand. And so there's less people making it and the product costs more. So there's a company now in uh, Chengdu that's taking all the trash off the beach and all the rivers. They're separating it by type of plastic. They're chopping it up and then they're putting, they're melting it down and putting it into a pizza oven and then taking it out and putting it in a press and they're making sheets out of it. And we're able to make it, take it to my company and then create furniture out of it and so there's people doing really cool stuff, but it's just, it's hard to bring that price point down. Like this plastic sheeting from the trash on the beach, this is uh, $70 a square meter. That's, th- that's way more than uh, plywood, you know? So I'm trying to help these guys get their unit cost down to like $20 a square meter. Then you compete with plywood. Now you've got a product. And this is, this is the company that you started when you came to Bali no, no, brokenhearted no, no. from the no, baby no. mama <laughs> no. ghosting situation? No, just one of my vendors, one of my vendors. Uh, I yeah. feel like I missed a couple steps. Yeah, so I, I got here. Um, after I fought trying to do this, I, I wrote that letter. And that letter was kind of like, okay, look, it's in your hands. Ball's in your court. Ball's in your court. This is what? This is about three years ago? Three years ago. So this is yeah. 2017. Yeah, yeah. So I moved here. Actually, uh, it's weird. I moved here. Uh, in, tomorrow will be three years. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. So I came here. I was here trying to start a company that was going to be a combination of a maker space and a fab lab and a design center. And my goal was to kind of take the technology that I've been using in Los Angeles, CNC machines, laser cutters, 3D printers, and start training uh, local Indonesians how to use these machines to create with. Um, Because the future is here and you can say all day long that, oh, you're exploiting a hand done tradition. But uh, in the reality of the situation is, you know, when, when the caveman had the rock, he didn't look at a guy with a hammer and go, you're fucking cheating, bro. You know, it was the next tool. It was the upgrade. Oh, it went from a rock to a hammer to this, to a nail gun. Like it's, it's not, it's not cheating. It's just, it's work smarter, not harder. And so I fought for a while trying to start this company here. Uh, Along the process, I met the most amazing woman and she's my wife now. And we've been, we'll be married two years this January. Um, and I finally started the company. Now the company post COVID is just a design build firm. So we're doing everything with CNC, laser cutting, 3D printing. What's and, CNC? Uh, 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 calculated numeric controls, what it stands for. And it's those giant machines that has like a spindle, like a drill bit on it. And it moves around and cuts wood and carves wood. Oh, and you do that, uh, and you, what you feed it designs sort yeah, of like a make, 3D, it's like a 3D printer kind of. It's a 3D design. carver. 3D carver. Yeah. Is that what all those, those hippie festivals and they have those big, like, intricate, carved, like, pieces of artwork? Like, carved wood pieces of artwork? I doubt they're using CNC. They're using something else. Or they're hand doing it. It's like laser or something. Yeah. 
good. He has a lot of laser stuff going on. So that was the company, that was your first company in Bali? No, I tried to start it, and uh, I hit roadblock after roadblock, and then um, met my amazing Indonesian partner, who just jumped on board with me, heard the ideas of what I wanted to do. And amazing Indonesian partner, platonic business partner. Absolutely. Not yeah. Yeah. Wife, no, my, wa- my wife is from Serbia one. and my business partner is from Jakarta yeah. and she's, she's amazing. And uh, she heard what I wanted to do and she just jumped on board and she dedicated herself to helping me make it happen. And every day we'd have a new puzzle piece fall in and then eventually we found the investors. And this last March, actually no, April, April, April 20th, 420, we became a legit business in Bali. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And in last month, we got our our funding hit and we got our building last week and we should have all the tools here in December and January, first week in January, 2021, we will be open for business. And you're going to, you're going to make these, um, are you going to, are you going to do these Tetra Pak things? We'll probably use it as a material. What my company does is we're, uh, we're sort of like the go-to for having things fabricated. Uh, I, you've been in Bali for a while, so I'm sure you understand, like you go someplace and it's, oh man, this is so cheap. It's so cheap. And then the shit breaks on you or it's, it's wrong. It doesn't fit. And a lot of people are getting tired of that. And I saw a market here that wasn't being taken care of that people are now starting to really do some high end work and they're importing everything from Surabaya and Jakarta. And so they're bringing in laser cut steel, they're bringing in CNC countertops, and they're bringing in just really cool things, but it's all being done off the island. And I said, you know, there's nobody here taking this market. I said, let's set up a design fab lab that's got the latest tools, the dopest technology, and let's start working with people. So people can build anything they want. Yeah, yeah. And then on, when, we, when we, we have, you know, we're down, downtime of work, I'm going to be hosting free classes for local Indonesians to learn how to use this machines. Because the idea is for this company to grow into my original idea, which is a, a creative hub, a vocational school, and then eventually the world's first ever designers retreat. You've got yoga retreats. You've got uh, entrepreneur retreats. This is a retreat where you would come, you stay in paradise, but you learn 3D printing, CNC, laser cutting, all that kind of shit. Sounds like a, like the package deal. Yeah, yeah. And with that knowledge, they can go. Well, they would still need the factory, though, right? Well, like, people they learn people all the often, knowledge. People, there's these machines are worldwide. You can these machines are everywhere. And being able to present your own file and know how it works and do it yourself and set it up, it's way cheaper. You the real money is in the file work, right? So if somebody comes to me and they want something 3D printed, 3D printing doesn't cost shit. It's like you pay by the gram. But it's you got to design. But you got to design that file the- and make it. And that's where the money making coming is learning that aspect of it. You know, so it saves people a lot of money knowing how to create the files themselves. And then, is everything that you're going to be designing going to be? environmentally friendly like is it all green that's we're we're pushing our clients to use sustainable material but where they can't afford it i've come up with a, a a technique that i call intelligent design and when you are using laser cutters and cnc machines you buy sheets of material you get a sheet of plywood or a sheet of plexiglass and that sheet is 122 by 244 or in america four feet by eight feet right so it's a rectangle and people design on this rectangle they design their shapes they want to cut out and they don't think about the negative they think about the positive they think about the piece they're cutting out. So if they've got this rectangle and like, well, I want four circles, they cut out four circles and they don't think about the fact they now have a rectangle left over with four holes in it. So I try to get clients to think about the negative part of the material as equally as important as the positive part of the material so that you get something out of both sides. So there's Mm. zero trash. Nice. So zero waste. Zero waste. Yeah. Do you think, 
there's any hope for humanity <laughs> in in these ideas. I, I'm just, I, I I mean I'm, I really try to not be too cynical. Um, though I am very cynical often. Um, but not cynical from I'm not cynical from like a personal perspective. Like I think I've got a great life and everything's gonna be fine. But from like a global perspective, it still seems like even with green projects, even if you get someone who, even if you get a vegan couple that want to build a, a vegan eco resort and use all Tetra packs, isn't along that process, isn't it still just destroying the planet in that process? I mean, I don't, I, I don't really look outside of what's in front of me anymore. I used to, but yeah. life is too short, and uh, I could sit there and take on that weight. It's just so much. Huh? It's like I let it go, man. I let it go. You know, I try to be the best version of me I can and do the yeah. best things that I can do. But yeah, yeah. So, so let me give you an example. One day I was pulling out, and there was a uh, my uh, my building, and there was a guy in a one of those little Prius cars, all electric, or whatever. Right? This is back in back LA. in LA. I've never guy, seen a Prius in Bali. No, yeah, no, no. He's pulling out in a Prius, and then the guy behind him has this monster suburban that he's like tricked out with giant engine, and he pulls up. As that car leaves and looks at me and goes, ha, ha, I'm burning all the gas that car is saving. And then he drove away. And I was like, see, with that existing, oh, with the, <laughs> I don't know if that's balance, but uh, with that existing, you can't fret about this shit because there's always people like that. And it, you can remove yourself from it. And again, why I left America was I needed to get away from all of this. It was just too much. It was too much just burning the candle at both ends and a lot of waste and I worked in the movie scene doing uh, stages and stuff. And so I saw all this waste. It I mean, so much waste. How much like a film, how much like oh, trash Jesus. is in just, every film production. Just the craft services. I mean, the, the amount of Gatorade Cutlery. bottles left behind. It was just insane. And now with yeah. this whole COVID thing, it's like the amount of like, non-reused cutlery and plastics. Yeah. Masks and oh, yeah. bags. Right, yeah. like, weren't we? Was it? The, I feel like California was like, oh, uh, so we're banning plastic bags, and then COVID hit, and all of a sudden yeah. it was like the plastic <laughs> banning industry was popping. Yeah, it was like the poly, the all the all the poly based products just took off. Yeah, again. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So it definitely it seems like there's something inherent or almost instinctual about humans producing waste which is makes it nice that sort of a lot of the byproducts of our current civilization that we live in collectively on a global scale can be reused you know and and things that like you know you're doing for example and the reusing of tetra packs and the focusing on the, the 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 parts of the product that would otherwise be disposed of and using using that in a no pun intended but constructive way you know and i, I suppose i suppose you're right right because if you look too far out of yourself and at the world too much on a global scale it is just too overwhelming oh yeah i mean but you know look at bali we we the food is served in a banana leaf here these guys have understood eco packaging for like 300 years man well <laughs> Yeah, the banana lace was before even plastic existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be, that should all just be served in banana leaf. Absolutely. It was ridiculous. Like, <laughs> why not? Why not? You know, it's funny. It's like, 
you'll hear not so much here, but more so in India and in Thailand here a little bit too, but foreigners are a little more conscious here, but, it, but in like India and Thailand and, and places where you, you, you encounter a lot of Western Westerners who don't live in the country, but are sort of just traveling through and they'll say, Oh, like what's the matter? These people don't they get it? They're like they're just throwing their trash on the ground. Like, yeah. and you're like, what, what's the matter with them? What, like, what's the matter with you where you think that what they're eating has to be in trash? Like yeah. they're used to eating out of banana leaves. Yep. That's why they throw it on the yep, ground. Absolutely. And if, 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 you know, if, if, the, if these foreigners maybe looked at it after it's like, well, what's the matter with them? Like, what do you mean? They're used to using banana leaves. What's the yeah. matter with you? Why are you putting stuff in plastic? Yeah. 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 Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, and then it just sort of looks like you're like, Oh, I don't get what, what's going to happen with humans. So I, I guess, I guess you're right. And on a sort of a, a micro scale, maybe sustainability is possible. I mean, a place like, Bali. I mean, sustainability is, is seems to be more achievable than in a place like China. Well, if you look, America. if you if you look at uh, uh, countries that were considered third world five years ago, um, and look at countries that are like, like like Indonesia is starting to do it. Bali is definitely an example of it. Costa Rica is, is an example of it. Of places that are really starting to like build with eco materials, they're using solar, they're doing their own rain entrapment and they're they're being smart about their trash. And what's happening is you're having this shift right now. And the shift is between first world and third world. So you've got first world starting to become third world and you've got third world starting to become first world on the premise of quality of life. And uh, I, I think like America, I, I feel really bad for all of you out there. I'm so sorry. I feel like it's just, um, Fucking insane! It's bro. on a downward spiral, and it's just, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm what happy to. Hap what is happening in America? It's, it's what it is. In my opinion, is you're seeing the result of fear, and you're seeing the control. You're seeing, you're seeing all the shit that people are waking up from in other countries. You're seeing in America, they're not waking up. I mean, it's, it's. There's, well, I mean, people are. Yeah, but waking up to a degree but not to the fact that what's in front of them is an illusion. And they still... What do you mean, what do you mean an illusion? <laughs> well, uh, we like probably have different... Like it's a holograph? Like it's... Hologram? Like it's... Um, yeah, man, it doesn't really matter. Like People what, take it anything? Too seri it really, yeah, they take it too seriously. And nothing matters? I mean, in the long run... You don't now, mean that in a nihilistic way, no, right? You mean that in a enlightened Buddha way, right? Yeah, Absolutely. 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 There's two ways. The realization that nothing really matters, or at least the uh, acceptance of that as an idea, is both like terribly depressing and nihilistic, as well as extremely liberating and beautiful. It's, it was a duality. It's, both, it's nothing matters and everything matters. It's well, duality. It's sort of like being like, okay, nothing matters. We're all going to be dead in 100 years. Who cares? It's both like, sad because like well, no so have the best time ever so, right well that's the other side of it yeah yeah so the one side is is basically nothing matters we're all gonna be dead in 100 years so what's the use you know we can't keep anything and it's all futile and in vain and the other side is that is that nothing matters so don't worry so much yeah. and allow yourself to be liberated that's the side i come from and live your life <laughs> but not always 
You didn't always use a comfort vest. No, I didn't. Not not until I, I really did some work. Not I until some... you turned 13 and your father came <laughs> home from Wall Street and showed you... Uh, <laughs> what was it? What it was? It was a documentary. Joseph or Campbell, follow, follow uh, uh, the power of myth. Is that a television show? No, it was, was a series. They had it on Netflix in the UK for a while, but it's Netflix. off now. There was no Netflix when you were thirteen. No, no, no. I'm saying now. Now. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. been like remade. Mm. Showing the same VHS tapes. The VHS. VHS, man. It was on VHS. Is that what they had when you were a kid? Yeah. VHS. <laughs> VHS. <laughs> Was that is that pre cassette? It's like a big cassette player. It was VHS? It was the same thing basically, right? Cassette. That was pre cassette tape, right? It was VHS, right? No, that was. That's all I remember. I remember VHS, and we had cassette tapes for music, and we had VHS for movies. Do you know what's crazy is like think about how many VHS movies and cassette tapes, and like think about now all the movies that exist, and you don't need a single tape. All right. It's all digital. All right. All of it. <laughs> Like, just think about, think about if Netflix was like a physical thing. You'd right. have VH cassette tapes. Right. It'd be stacked. It was for one point. And how could it people was, even it, watch it? Netflix was a DVD and you went to the store, there was a machine and you could get them. This is when Blockbuster was around. I thought that was called Redbox. Is it Redbox? Didn't Netflix take over that? I remember that. That was like, that was like just, that was like a just, be, that was, that was, that was one of those, that was a very short lived thing. It was, thing. it was. It was like. A Maybe little, it was, it was like box. a placeholder. It was right. like a placeholder. Right. It was between, a transition. Yeah. It was trans, <laughs> it was, it was trans, it was transitioning. Yeah. Between, it, see, see, it, 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 it was, it was a DVD, but identified itself as a streaming platform. Right. right. So it had to like, it during its transition. Right. Luckily, right. everybody was very supportive. Gender neutral media. It was, it was, you know, equal rights for, for Netflix and, and, and Redbox. Um, yeah, there was, there was a thing. And I mean, can you imagine Dally like people, they, they turn on whatever streaming service, Amazon or Netflix, whatever they're using. And it's tens, 20, hundreds of thousands, probably. I don't know. I finished Netflix. I'm waiting for Netflix two to come out to Netflix 2.0. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That will be a uh, virtual, it will be virtual reality Netflix. Yeah, my wife and I have now gone through everything. We're like, we've seen everything. I'm like, you can't, this is like, give me something new. It's, what, it's, what they really need to do is just come out with like an open code right. film where you can just kind of write your own film. And then the, the companies that, then the, then the production company actually save money. Right. Because they don't have to hire anybody. You'll right. be your own actor. You write your own show and you'll probably pay more for the service because you'll be like, this is unique. Right. All right. And no more movies based on video games. <laughs> yes. We need we need more video games based on movies. Right. <laughs> Didn't that I feel like that that was how it started. Right. Right. It used to be a good movie. Yep. And then a video game would come out based on that movie. Hey, James Bond was a great video game and that came out from a movie. Dun 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 Wait, that's Mission Impossible, isn't it? Dun, 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 dun. No, that's Bond. Dun, 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 dun. Wait, dun, dun. Wait, 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 wait. What is it? Bond? No, that was Mission Impossible you were doing. Dun, 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 That's Mission Impossible. It was James Bond. No, that was definitely Mission Impossible. What's James Bond then? Um... You've, you've messed my head dun, dun, up dun, 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 That is James Bond. You were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was James Bond. <laughs> yeah. So, 
if you think about all the freaking VHS tapes, Joseph Campbell, no disrespect, RIP, good guy, but the VHS tapes, that was unrecyclable, unclaimable, non-sustainable <laughs> products yeah. by the stacks. Yeah. And now if people don't want, if people want to watch a movie, they don't need a single VHS. Yeah. That stuff all happened way too quick. It did happen pretty fast. Well, you just went from cassettes to streaming? Like what happened? Like CDs. How long were CDs even out for? Well, I mean, how about the fact that you had to go to a building to rent a movie? I mean, that was a whole thing. I remember being a little kid and my babysitter taking me to Blockbuster so I could pick something out. Wait, people used to go places? <laughs> people like actually used to go. Yeah. And the real people that would serve you. Like really? Food? Yeah. Yeah. Food, movies, popcorn. And there'd be like other people. <laughs> Absolutely. Jesus, sounds dangerous. I mean, were they wearing masks? <laughs> no, at least? no masks, touching shit, rubbing their face. <gasps> they weren't staying six feet apart. <laughs> Jeez, sounds like a, some dangerous times, man. How did anyone survive <laughs> in those those haphazard days of VHS and public displays of affection? That was back when PDA meant public display of affection instead of personal personal electron. What was it? PDA oh, is personal. It means something different now. PDA, yeah. I just know personal it, device. Oh shit! I just know like the display of affection one. I didn't know PDA. That. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know where my phone is. Speaking of PDA, but yeah, PDA stands for like personal device application or something. Yeah, PDA is like a pot, like a uh, any device that you like. A phone is a PDA. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Personal. No public display of affection was all I ever knew it as. That doesn't exist anymore. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. dude. When was the last, <laughs> bro? I have not seen the only place. That's a crime now. <laughs> it's what do they call it? It's pre-crime. Yeah, yeah. You get you can get fined just for thinking about it. Um, the only place I see in the world at all where people even show any form of public affection anymore is Colombia. I haven't been. That's the only country where it's like the last bastion of humanity. That country. It's the only place I see this. Like people are, at, you know. Couples are kissing. People are holding hands. That's pretty true in Spanish culture in general, though. I mean, maybe I think Spain's like probably doing it. Yeah, it's it's a Latin thing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's because the language is more romantic. Yeah. I talked to my buddy in Colombia like two weeks ago. I was like, you know, because Colombia had it was it had the highest infection rate in the world for COVID, highest in the world, like most most per capita amount of people it's like some ridiculous percentage of the population had it yeah i'm like <gasps> buddy what's going on you all right he's like yeah man like what do you wh i was like well, what do you mean like don't you isn't it like people dying everywhere he's like no we don't even notice yeah i'm like what this i thought this was the highest rate he's like yeah yeah no no <laughs> he's like man it's columbia it's like people die all the time we're not gonna let it affect our lives it's like we're not going to let death affect our lives. I was like, oh, shit, it sounds. So, you know, the, the, what you're saying there is a, a, a reason. People are asking me, like, you know, when, I, when, when this whole thing hit, I had to do a visa run, and I had, to, I had to go to Thailand right in the middle of it, like March 18th. And I didn't want to risk it. I didn't want to not have papers. I didn't know they were going to have an emergency thing here where you could stay as long as you wanted. And so we flew to Thailand, and um, the whole thing hit. And I started seeing all the countries get red on the map. And there's Bali, no red. And I was like, shit, man. And I had a choice to go back to America with my family or America. go back to a Bali. And I said, my, I said, you know, there's, there's good medical in America, but 
what if something happens? Everything's red around this island. This island's green. We took the we took the risk. We went back to the island, and um, <laughs> this just kind of stayed the same ever since. That was you and your Serbian fiance at the point. No, we're, we're wife, wife, wife. We've been married well, for almost two years. Quick. You've only met almost two years ago, right? No, we met two and a half years ago. It was one of those things, man. We just, that was it. Like, done. And Why I, the heck not? Well, I got to tell you, to this date, I, I've never dated anybody this long where we didn't have arguments and fights. We just get along, man. We get along. We're on level. Vibing. Vibing. Yeah, 100%. It's nice. Huh? It was kind of like, where the hell have you been? I guess I had to learn some lessons before I would I could be this guy. So, um, and wait, likewise wait, for wait, her. Wait, 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 any listen, lessons? Sticking out more than others? No, I mean, just everything in life. Like everything I had to go Everything's through. Everything's a lot. I had to go through it all to become who I am today, sitting in front of you now, you know? Like had I not gone through that shit with that woman taking my kid and learning detachment and having to, I mean, I had to do a lot of therapy from that, man. That wasn't something I just was like, oh, I'm cool now. Thanks, I'll get through this. I went and I did a couple Aya ceremonies. I did... Um, a landmark forum. I did uh, some DBT therapy. Again, all of it was kind of centered around Buddhism and the idea of letting go of things. And is, land, is landmark is landmark forum Buddhist? In in a sense, the message really is. I don't think they'll sell that to you that way. They won't tell you that. But mm -hmm. from what I got out of it, you know, my friends who I, I always made fun of it. I never wanted to go. I always tease people that did it. That it was a pyramid scheme. And then my friends who are really intelligent. We're like, you should do this. And I go, look, they go, we know you. You're going to want to get up and leave on day one. Stay. <laughs> like, you're going to want to get up and leave on day two. But if you can make it through the third day, we promise you're going to call us back and tell us thank you. And they were sure, they were right, man. Day one, I'm like, these people are all fucked up. I don't need to be here. <laughs> and day two came down. I was like, no, nah, these people are really messed up. I don't need to be here. And then day three hit, man. And I was like, oh, oh. It was like one of those big, like, duh. Like, oh, duh. Why didn't I look at life this way? Shit, this is so much easier. You know? So, but it all worked together. Like, they coincided with the Aya ceremonies I was doing, and uh, the therapy was really kind of centered around Buddhism. And so, all three things kind of got well, me doing what do you think? What do you think that predominant sort of Buddhist inspired philosophy is? Like, what's the common theme? across those different sort of personal improvement platforms? Uh, I'm a big fan of the four agreements, and I think that those are really echoed in Who was that, Don Luis? I don't know. Four agreements, what's that, Paul, Paul, yeah, Don, Don Juan DeMarco? No. Don, <laughs> Don Juan, yeah, the, the four agreements that, the, the book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Don... Oh, people out there, I'm sure. I wish I could. I wish you guys, I wish the audience was live and I expect, oh, hey, could a. <laughs> Caller one. Good. <laughs> the uh, first person to tell us who wrote the four agreements. <laughs> but those, those principles um, are, I mean, they're, 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 they're echoed in all of this, you know? And, but the biggest one is just like, you know, don't, don't take things so personally. Mm. You know, like, let shit go. Like, let shit go. That's really what it is. Let shit go. You know? The four agreements were don't take anything personally. Always do your best. Always be impeccable with your word. Keep your word. Be impeccable. And never assume. Yeah, those are pretty good, huh? You're pretty good. They're pretty good. Your favorite number was your 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 favorite was don't th take things personally. Well, it's in order of how hard they are for me. So the hardest <laughs> one for me is don't think things personally. The second is don't assume. The third is be impeccable with your word, and the last is do my best. But everyone probably has their own order for that. Hmm. Hmm.
Mm. Good book. It's good, yeah. And those, I mean, that's what kind of echoes in all of it. And I, even in Landmark Forum, there were things that were just like, you know, you learn in that by seeing other people talk and other people share. And they share and they share. And you go, oh, man, you're all fucked up in your head because of you. <laughs> yeah, this stuff happened to you. But this is the story you've been telling yourself. You used to be like, oh, well, I am. my dad beat the shit out of me every day. Or, you know, I, I didn't really have a lot of money growing up. So this is why I'm like this. And it's just a story you tell yourself. You story tell yourself. filled with excuses. Yeah, like story filled with excuses that you make up for yourself to why you can't achieve greatness now. What was the, uh, what was the craziest? Right, because oftentimes our, the, our, our biggest obstacles ourselves. Absolutely. What a... Oh, you need to get out of your own way to let yourself do what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, what was the craziest story you heard in Landmark? Oh, shit, mm-hmm. man. It was this woman from, uh, she was Iranian. and how, Wait, wait, hold on. How long is the story? Because I might just ha- let you tell the story. And it's I might short. It's do a little stretch outside. It's super short. Okay, so I should just wait for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait it's, for it. It's super short. Uh, she watched her entire family get pulled out in the street in front of her and shot in the head. In Tehran? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay. You have the most hardcore story, you know, of anyone. Was her parents or her children or her, what? The whole family, like grandma, every, everybody. How'd she survive? I, I, she didn't go into that story. She went into what, what, what is the trauma? You Pretty know? bad trauma. Yeah, yeah. You still stay in touch with her? No, no. I don't, there was that, that would that was one thing that I think that they uh, they could have done is by providing like some sort of a group where each forum you do, you can stay connected to the people that you are in there with. I exchanged some Facebook with some people, but not, not everybody. Wow, heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So you were like, well... Uh, and it makes your problems look a hell of a lot more insignificant. Yeah, when I mean, <laughs> it's all relative. Uh, you know? That definitely helps put things in perspective. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of family, you think you'll ever see your kid? I know I will. One day? I know I will. If this kid's my blood, this kid's going to want to know who his Does dad is. Do you think he is. knows who he is? I mean, do you think he knows who you are? I would hope so. As long as she doesn't feed him some crazy lies, like no, this is oh, your I'm daddy. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's been he's he's been he's been fed crazy stuff, and but I mean, it, it is what it is. It is what it is, and I can't waste time worrying about that. I just you have, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, uh, but I just know in my heart, and I know in my my own truth that I will have a relationship with him one day, and when he does come to see me, I'm going to be in a great place in my life. It's going to be great. For sure, man. You know? I know it's cliche, but everything happens for a reason. That's what's tattooed on my arm right here. That's I your got this on, name? on his birthday. Everything happens for what a reason. Is that? Tibetan calligraphy. Tibetan calligraphy. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, and this too shall pass. Okay. Nice balance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this, uh, this, 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 uh, this, this part one of our our two part, our two part session here. It, this too shall pass. So, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break and do some stretches and come come right back. Um, thanks. Thanks for uh, tuning in, and um, yeah, we'll see you see you super shortly uh, for uh, part two, and in just uh, in just a little bit. All right, we'll talk soon. Uh, real talk stories. Peace and love. Oh, I gotta go pee pee. <laughs> oh, this is great. I love it, man. I always have to. <laughs>